Welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast, where you'll learn insights on how to communicate with authenticity, deliver genuine value, and create a memorable experience across your entire customer journey, helping your business become the sought-after leader in your industry. I'm your host, Aileen Day. Now, on to the show. G'day everybody and welcome to the Value Driven Brand Podcast. You're here with Aileen Day and my very special guest for episode two, it is Mick Crowdace from Crowdace Constructs over in Adelaide, South Australia. Welcome Mick. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity to come along. I'm very excited to uh, get to chat to Mick. Mick uh, has been in business for himself now for six years and before going into business for himself was a site supervisor for a leading uh, shop fitter out in uh, Sydney, ye old Sydney town. And then you decided to trip it on back home to South Australia and talk to me about what happened after that. Um, yeah, so um, after living in Sydney for, I think I was there a couple of years, um, we were uh, doing a lot of national shop fitting for a um, national brand, Dusk, and um, I decided that I yeah, just always wanted to start my own business and I was, um, you know, wanted, wanted to get back to the Adelaide life um, and uh, yeah, come back to Adelaide and um, yeah, just began setting up, started off with uh, just, you know, one man and a van style uh, subcontracting and uh, grew, the, grew the team from there. So I understand after six years, you have a team of 18. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I think wow. 18 is the figure now. Yeah. That is a phenomenal growth and scaling story, if I've ever heard one. And... Um, and so what's the difference between, you know, your one-man van subcontracting and uh, a team of 18? What are some of the things that you've had to learn along the way that uh, have got you where you are now? Yeah, so the I think the main difference now um, uh, from them is when uh, become, becoming a leader in the first place is, is you know, a, um, a journey in itself. Uh, but now we've got sort of mo- multiple facets to the company. Um, it's now I've had to become a leader of leaders Mm. and, um, you know, it's, it's a bit of a different strategy. Um, you know, being a leader of, you know, say three or four tradesmen is, um, you know, one thing, but it's all very operational, you know, what's happening day to day or week by week. Whereas, um, now we've, um, like I said, got uh, a lot of different people, you know, um, uh, accountants, uh, we've got uh, marketing um, and, um, you know, estimators we've got in the office. So we've got all different teams and, um, yeah, we have to sort of play a longer game and, um, you know, actually be a leader of, of each leader of, of that um, part of the business. That is a really good um, uh, point that you make is that, uh, I come across quite often uh, business owners who have only ever kind of led maybe themselves and their apprentice or themselves and a, you know, a couple of other, um, you know, people on the on the shop floor or the work on the work site, whatever the case might be. But 
when they get to that point of scaling, that concept of leading leaders becomes um, a, a real limiting uh, stop for them. It, to be honest, it scares the shit out of them to the point yeah. where they start doing it. They don't believe in themselves and they start doing it so badly that they um, have the, the problems that they start coming up with, with you know, team members revolting against the job and stuff like that. So I find it fascinating to learn from business owners, especially, you know, ones who've experienced what you've experienced. How did you go about learning how to lead a leader? Um, how did I go about that? That's good. Um, just read a shit ton of books on leadership strategies. And um, I guess who's your favorite leadership first? strategist? Um, so I've just read um, turn the ship around and who is the guy I can't, what is his name? I can't remember. I might have to come back to you on the name of the uh, guy who wrote it, but it's about a submarine ship captain um, in the U.S. Uh, uh, naval force, mm. and um, he gets given uh, control of this um, uh, uh, submarine uh, with the intention of completely turning it from the worst performing uh, sub um, in in pretty much every field to the uh, most efficient and uh, you know battle ready I think they say uh, submarine in the in the fleet so as a uh, Google tells me it's by David David Marquez they are Marquez okay yeah yeah all right yeah there you go Google thank you again thanks Google um yeah so I think defining what type of leader you want to be is is the first um step and Mm. then gaining knowledge and uh testing your theories around that area um Another great book was the, um, is it The Pursuit, not The Pursuit of Happiness, something about happiness. What's that one? And it's all about Zappos. Say that's a Will Smith movie, isn't it? Oh, The Pursuit of Happiness, is it? Yeah, there you go. That's what I was ringing about. Uh, I, I think it was a book to start with, though. Was it? No. Yeah. It's, it's called, so I'm just looking on my bookshelf now to see if I can see it stand out. Was it about a man and his son? No, no, no. Um, not that one about, then. No, not that one. Um, it was it was about Zappos basically, and um, how how this guy very similar scaling story. Um, you know, went from a startup. It was um, and they started off as a shoe company, and mm-hmm. then right up through their buyout for over I think it's like one and a half billion um, buyout from Amazon. So like mm-hmm. huge scaling, and it was the journey in which he's defining what type of leader he wants to be, what type of culture they want to be running. Um, So pretty, uh, again, a real cool, cool story on leadership. Is that Zig Ziglar? No, it's called something happiness. (laughs) It's by a guy called Tony, Tony Shea. It's by, um, Mm. I just can't remember the name. I'm just looking at my bookshelf, but I think it's behind me. So, but, um, so as far as strategy goes, I think that is a um, a really helpful start to developing a leadership style. And I would certainly say that um, for, you know, for the people that I come across, especially when they have to trial and error some of their leadership moments, that mm. transparency is the key and, and just being a little bit vulnerable in the sense of, you know, as your business grows, 
when your team understands that you're kind of as new to this as, you know, as you are, (laughs) that, you know, they, they give you a bit more of an allowance to trial and error some things. But again, it kind of comes down to whether you are also as a leader willing to take that constructive feedback and ask for that feedback because how else then do you know that, you know, those leadership traits are working out the best they can work out. So how do you, you know, as you, as you learn and educate yourself on different leadership styles, how do you make sure that your team are on board with what you're trying out? Yeah, that's a, that's actually a a great question. And I think it comes from having a a supportive culture in the business and ensuring that um, everyone is uh, on the same page when it comes to the direction of the company and and where it's going. Mm. Um, And, uh, why I mentioned the culture is it's, um, you know, we, we want to create a, uh, a company full of leaders and people who like getting feedback um, and like in return giving feedback. And I think uh, that comes from the top and the, the, um, the uh, sort of the pace that you set as a leader, mm. how things should, should be. Um, so if, if I'm there saying it's all right to give me feedback, they're going to in return like accepting feedback themselves. Yeah. And look, that as feedback is my gig, that makes me so happy to hear. (laughs) And I think, you know, giving feedback is um, there's a little bit of skill in that and, and teaching, um, teaching that teaching your talent and your team members that when they do give it and they give it constructively, that there's no recourse for um, that feedback, I think, is what you're saying is creating a really supportive culture. You know, there's been a few times where I've seen people say, yeah, yeah, I'm open to feedback, and they get it, and they don't like it, and their ego gets Mm. in the way. And, you know, we talked about this earlier, people get defensive and, um, you know, they get a little bit hurt and don't quite know how to comprehend or, or do anything about what they've been told. So they start to become quite resentful. So I think a lot of great leaders let their team practice giving good feedback or giving feedback in a, in a manner that's effective, but also um, getting feedback and then helping them understand what to do about it. Because if we don't help them understand what to do about it, then nothing's going to change really. Mm. And then it does make the feedback um pretty useless really because unless we're doing something with it but also um setting aside a a, a time for feedback to be given you know Mm -hmm. rather than just um like sort of off the cuff feedback i think is quite quite good but Mm -hmm. um like more an in-depth feedback where you can actually go into detail on how you can um you know overcome certain issues or what you're doing well and making um, that person understand why they're doing that well so they can continue to do do that. Yeah, the why is so important. You know, we, um, we know even dealing with in our, own, in our own lives that if someone was to say, you know, can you go do this, that the likelihood of them going and doing that is low unless you were to say, can you go do this because... And then when you Mm. add in that because people comprehend, okay, there's a reason behind this. 
I, I understand the part I play in the outcome, whereas before I didn't understand the part I played in the outcome, therefore I wasn't inclined to be a part of the outcome. So the why is so important. And, and the same goes for if it's, you know, constructive feedback. Why, asking why it's occurring. Um, I was talking to some business owners yesterday and they were saying, one of them was saying that he had some team members who had had a bit of a altercation uh, in front of the rest of the team on the floor and uh, now he needed to understand what was going on and, and deal with it. And I said, that's great, but also remember that maybe there's more behind um, that altercation and to ask them why, you know, because sometimes people know and it's human nature we have things going on in our lives and especially at the moment you know people Uh are dealing with things you know maybe at a heightened emotion and a little bit more anxiety a little bit more stress than usual and it really wouldn't take too much for the average person to be tipped over the edge so I think it's important as a leader you know when you are giving feedback to to also give the why as well so that's a really great um, process that you have. So this is the Value Driven Brand podcast. And I would love to know from Crowd Ace Constructs, the man leading the team, what is it that your business does to tactically deliver a value-driven brand? What is it that the people listening on can take in and implement in their own business processes and operations and and strategies to help them become their own value-driven brand. Yeah. Okay. Um, Can you prompt me on what I said last time? I pulled some some crackers yesterday and I should have printed it out, but I did not. You did. Um, for those listening, I get everybody to send me their prompt, their uh, their points before this. I should. <laughs> I'll probably say, is this getting edited? This one? No, this is it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, this in is, that case, this is the human experience. In that case, this Would is the part where Aileen you? prompts me. Please. Okay, yes. this is the bit where Aileen prompts you. Uh, <laughs> so you told me that one of your tactics is to know who you are. What does that mean? Ah. Oh. Exactly. Okay. So this, yeah, this is why I um, wanted you to prompt me instead of me making up new ones because I've really put some thought into this. Um, <laughs> okay. If you know who you are as a company, what your strengths are and why you are um, who you are, what your reason for being in business is, and I don't want to say what your purpose is and, you know, make, um, make it all kind of like that. Um, mm. But if you know who you are as a company, you can much easier identify what clients suit you and the clients that suit you, you will be able to deliver so much more value for them mm. than you will for a, a client that doesn't suit your needs so much. Um, and let me give a, a quick example. Okay. So yeah, great. we are, we are a commercial building company, but we specialize in interior commercial building. So if someone was to say, come to us and say, hey, I've got this uh, um, project that we'd like a, a price on. Um, it's a, um, you know, it's a single story extension of a school, for example. 
I would quite happily turn that down because I know that's not who we are. That is mm -hmm. not where we deliver the best value. And, um, you know, and I feel that that is so important to deliver value is knowing what your strengths are as a company and really sticking to them. Yeah, that is a really good point. I recently contacted a videographer who I love their work. They're amazing. And um, we met up and I had explained to them what type of, um, you know, video capturing I was looking for. And initially they were like, yeah, that's, that's really different. That's exciting. But they must have gone away and gone, you know what? That's not who we are. So they actually, they called yeah, me back right. and they said, you know what? We, we would love to work with you, but we know that's not who we are. We know what we're here for and that that's where we bring the gold nuggets. So yeah. instead of pretending to be someone they're not, they have organised for me to be connected with somebody who is more al aligned to what I'm yeah. trying to produce instead of trying to be something for everybody. So I think that's yeah. a really fantastic thing to take yeah. into account as a business owner and, and an entrepreneur or even a leader in business. Know who you are. Yeah, awesome. The other one that you uh, talked about was what can you be the best in the world at? Yeah, okay. So this is actually from um, the book Good to Great uh, by Jim Collins. Mm -hmm. And um, they, um, I think he calls it the hedgehog strategy, which is like, you know, what is the hedgehog good at? Okay, so it's quite a small little animal, but its number one go-to is it shrinks into a ball whenever it feels attacked, right? And mm -hmm. so that is the, the thing it does best in the world at. So what can we do that it will be the best in the world at? And if you focus on that, you know, solely put all your efforts into that, then you will be able to do that better than if you're spreading yourself too thinly across multiple different, um, you know, uh, types of types of business or, um, you know, different services you offer them. So that really goes hand in hand with the first one, doesn't it? Once you've started to learn who you are and, and what, you know, yeah. what you're here for, you can then 100%. take that and yeah. become the best in the world at it. Or, or aim to be, you know. Mm. Obviously, we're not all going to become the best at Saviour's Challenge shoes, for example. We're not going to be um, the best in I the world I could be the best away. at wearing shoes. <laughs> or buying them, maybe. Or buying them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But we... we it's not um, necessarily to become the best in the world, but if, if that's what you're aiming for, mm. you're constantly thinking, how can we offer more value to our clients? Because at the end of the day, it's our clients that are what, uh, you know, allowing us the opportunity to stay in business. Absolutely. And if we serve them, if we serve them to the highest uh, um, possible way, then, then we can become better, you know, and we're constantly, um, you know, uh, thinking of ways to develop our, our um, customer service or customer satisfaction. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think if we do everything right by the customer, we are always aiming to be the best in the world. Aren't oh, my heart, my heart is singing. <laughs> Just if you need help with your customer experience, feel free to shout out. 
<laughs> I'm your lady. <laughs> so I absolutely love that. Uh, the third one you gave me was a concise list of values that are actually relatable. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and um, so this is something we review every three months with our, what we call our leadership team. Mm. And um, we just ensure that everyone is still aligning with them. I think the last, um, the last but one leaders meeting, we, we dropped, I think we went from say 12 values mm-hmm. down to like six or seven. We were like, we, we want to be able to, um, you know, have them on the, on the wall and every one of them make a big statement. Yeah. And again, this all relates back, I think, to who we are as a company, you know, who we are with um, what we do day to day and mm. who we are when it comes to um, like certain scenarios unfolding and we have to deal with them. Um, so if we have a list of values that everyone can relate to, mm. it's who they, who they show up to be in the morning or if we have a difficult um you know, uh, a, a problem arises or, mm-hmm. you know, we're just generally having a difficult day, then we can think back to go, okay, well, this has happened. Okay. What are our values and like, how should we deal with this problem? I love that. And can I throw in there that just because you have taken, uh, you know, gone from 12 down to six, that doesn't mean that you live less values or you value less things that just means that ultimately those are you know as i as i explained to my clients those are the core non-negotiable every single day every single moment values that i live um yeah day in day out is that yeah. how you see it as well yes so a hundred percent that you know is so uh, a couple we thought were crossing over that didn't need to cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple, we just thought, you know what, is that a core, you know, I think some companies call it their core principles. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, we, we call it our values and, um, it's, it's about being, it does it, do we need that every single time? And yeah. if the answer is yes, it would stay, you know, and if it was like, well, in some cases that might not happen. And, you know, um, or in sometimes we not might not need to use that. So it, it really was to condense the list in, mm. into a, um, you know, a set of values that everyone needs to know and yeah. everyone needs to use in their day-to-day operations. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I do values and um, purpose and, and vision um, workshops with customers regularly and, and same as same as you, they'll start off with this list of twelve, sometimes even more. And I'm like, are they the like the live or die? I call them the live or die values. Like yeah. I have six in my business, and you know I they I will die without them. I will not yeah. live through this business without those values. But that doesn't mean that that's all I value. It just means yeah. that. And, and for me, you know, back to your initial point of um, know who you are, that's what also helps me figure out who I want to work with. You know, so my values are things like integrity and um, fun and passion. 
You know, I'm yeah. highly passionate. Sometimes some might say too passionate, but they can get <laughs> fucked. And <Yeah>. they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> I'm passionate about how wrong they are. <laughs> but you know it has absolutely given me a compass using my business values um to learn who i want to do business with so you know it has helped me uh pick and choose okay well the money is great but there are a bunch of pricks right so there's no passion there's no fun there's no integrity then it's a no you know, so they are the guiding principles of, of who I decide to work with these days. And yeah. it also then goes back to helping me know who I am as a business. So I yeah. freaking love that. And so far I'm loving that all of your tactics so far just neatly come back to each other. Like they all just work in this, you know, circular model. Yeah of helping That's you create a value different brand. But yeah, there think, is one more. Oh, one more? Okay. You have given me one more. Yes, it I is. I how do you go the extra mile for your clients? Yeah. Okay. So this is one um, of our values um, and is we go the extra mile. And it's about delivering that above and beyond sort of, um, uh, you know, on our projects or, you know, just with a with a thank you note or something at the end Aww. and it's just um yeah I, I think that is um something that relates um to me a lot and um because they could have the customer could have gone and used someone else but they didn't mm -hmm. they chose us mm -hmm. and you know we we thank that by doing something a little bit extra um you know not every single time this doesn't happen but if we can we will you know can we can we um, get over a variation without charging, or can we, um, you know, d deliver a project a little bit early? You know, can we give them a slight upgrade on something? Um, and uh, that I think is is what sets us apart. You know, that that's what if if we're fully customer focused, and that goes for all businesses. I think if we are fully customer focused, the profits and the revenue will come. Yeah, they're now focus first. Focus first on um, customer satisfaction on, on your jobs. Obviously, you can't create customer satisfaction if you don't have a job in the first place. But if, if we do, uh, fully focus on how you can go the extra mile for the customer. Mm. And, and that in, in turn will lead to, you know, um, the, the revenue. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it actually reminds me of a post I saw your um, company put up after building a bar and um, you posted a picture of the finished bar which looked amazing to the owners and said you'd shout them a beer at the new bar <laughs> I'm like shouldn't they shout you a beer <laughs> you just built this amazing <laughs> bar for them but that's what it yep. means to be a customer centric business is like I want to show you the business that chose us how grateful and appreciative we are that you made that decision and you trusted us with your project that we want to shout you a beer mate because that's yeah. how thankful we are. And I, yeah. that I thought about it after a few minutes and I went, actually, no, that's bloody genius. 
I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, definitely about yeah, customer relationships and how you can build on them and, and hopefully we'll work together again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing as I get a little bit more practice doing these podcasts is uh, to ask a couple of extra questions. So one of the questions that I would like to ask you is Mm. in your career, that is a very bright green drink bottle you have there. No, clear up. We'll find that in the dark. Um, For those listening, feel free to uh, tune in on YouTube as well. Uh, You'll be able to see mix very bright green drink bottle uh but back to business so talk to me about the best advice you've been given in your career okay um so this is this is a piece of advice that stands out for me and um i heard this advice probably you know around the six years ago when i was starting out um and uh someone said to me um if you keep throwing darts, you'll start to hit the bullseye. Say that again, and nice and loud. Nice and loud. I said, if you keep throwing darts, soon you'll start hitting the bullseye. I love that. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just a bit of context. This was uh, back when um, I was starting out, and it was just me by myself, and so I was working through the day. And then I was coming home at night and I was working on tenders and quotes at night to, you know, sometimes past 12 o'clock quite often, quite mm. often. And, um, you know, and then on the weekend I'd go and see my friends and they say, you know, how you gone? And we, it, it seemed a lot that we weren't just weren't getting anywhere. And, um, and that's when I heard that advice and it's just stuck with me and really resonated ever since that anything we're breaking into new or we're doing it, eventually we will see progress and sometimes it may not feel like we're progressing very far or very quick but if we keep at it just keep keep at it we will we'll see some change what a fantastic metaphor Mm. i love that i can't believe i'm 40 and i've not heard it yeah (laughs) since before 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 today anyway (laughs) no well maybe Maybe we can copyright that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll give credit to, you know, the strange person that gave it to you, but they obviously <laughs> knew a thing or two. So uh, hats off to them. Hats off I, to them. Or maybe they just like darts. Maybe they like darts. I'm terrible <laughs> at darts. Thank God it's not a literal term. Well, you know, even if it was a literal term, based on that theory, I'd get a bullseye eventually if I didn't yeah. quit. Maybe I was playing darts at the time and that's just, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But it is stuck and uh, it has stuck. And I think, you know, as you said before, it's certainly as you were grinding away and doing the hard yards, you know, you keep that in the back of your mind and you're like, okay, we're going to get there eventually. And I think this day and age where, you know, we could sit there and generation bash that, you know, millennials want everything yesterday. But I remember as a child, um, you know, people saying the same thing about Gen Y and then Gen Z. And so everybody wants everything yesterday. We do live in a world of instant gratification where if I try something once that I expect to be a master at it and therefore if I'm not, I have no 
persistence, no resilience, and I give up and I move on to the next thing. And I think what that that career advice really kind of does is it helps you understand that, you know what, you can't just give up after throwing the first dart. You have to keep throwing darts to get the bullseye. You have to keep going. You can't just just do it once and expect to be the dart champion of the pub. Like you've got to give it a crack a little bit longer than that. That's exactly it. Yeah. I love it. (sighs) Makes my heart sing again. So many, so many things to make my heart happy in this podcast. I'm very excited. Now that is just about uh, all we have time for today. And I wanted to let everybody know, I forgot to mention it in the first podcast that we had with Amy Hare, the um, holistic healing coach, that I get all of my guests to fill out a profile, I guess, for me before they come onto the podcast. And one of the questions that I ask them is, what is the song that gets you pumped? Like, what is that song that just gets you ready for anything? And do you remember the song that you put down? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> is it, this is my this is my uh, morning ritual song. Is it? And uh, yeah, I pretty much switch this on every morning before I get in the shower. Um, <sighs> what is it? Lovely, lovely day. Lovely day by Bill Withers. Yeah. That that's is it. super. So, I love that. That's yeah. part of your morning habit. Well, if you listen to that song every morning, I, I guarantee it'll put a smile on your face. It's, it, yeah, it just leaves you feeling good. And um, if you could do that at the start of the day, then the rest of the day is a bit easier. What great advice. So for everybody listening, uh, with the podcast, you will also find access to the uh, Spotify playlist that all of the guests and their song choices are going to be getting added to so i'm really excited the more guests that we have the bigger that playlist is going to get and start playing that every day and you are going to be rocking and rolling and delivering value in no time i have no doubt whatsoever mick crowdace from crowdace constructs thank you so much for your time today and your nuggets of gold on how we in business can deliver a value-driven brand in our own businesses and our own lives. And I want to say thank you for everything and uh, all your time today. And I can't wait for this to be shared and uh, see the reaction from everybody listening in. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mm. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Brand Podcast with your host, Aileen Day. Is your business struggling to become known as the sought-after leader in your industry? Access our value-driven brand quiz and special three-part podcast series to identify the gaps and what you need to focus on first. Go to www.valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. That's valuedrivenbrand.com forward slash podcast series. Tune in next time where we discuss more ideas on how you can deliver your own value-driven brand.